Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was thinking to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. One to sentences in the thought. Don't worry, just do Anchor. With all the portals and everything in a sensible way, you get a benefit. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the episode two of Eurish Walks Lectures on Jurisprudence. Thank you so much for the overwhelming response uh, on the episode one, which was on introduction to jurisprudence. Today in our lecture, we would discuss about Stoics, Stoicism and Roman contributions to natural law school of jurisprudence. In our last lecture, which was Introduction to Jurisprudence, we have discussed about the Greek origins or Greek contribution to the uh, natural law school or to jurisprudence in general. Amongst Greek contribution, there are two main contributions. The contributions could be divided under two heads. One is Sophist, the Sophist philosophy, and another is the Stoics or Stoicism, the Stoic philosophy. Among Sophocles, Sophist, we have discussed about Sophocles, which was the um, first amongst the Sophist uh, Sophists. And then we have discussed about Heraclitus. We have discussed about Callicles, Thrasymachus, Plato and Aristotle in our first episode. Now, this episode, I would continue the Greek contribution and I would discuss about Stoicism. I would discuss about Stoic philosophy's contribution to uh, natural law school and then we would focus on Roman contributions to natural law school of jurisprudence. So to start with, uh, until the Stoics, nature used to mean the order of things or nature used to mean whatever however is existing in the nature with them it came to be identified with human reason so stoics were the one who focused entirely on human reason and they made a shift uh, from nature being understood as order of things to nature being understood in terms of a man's reason when man lived according to the reason he was living naturally and to the Stoics, precepts of reason had universal force. They stressed the ideas of individual worth, moral duty and universal brotherhood. 
stoicism was um it it influenced roman thought and stoics were followed by sophists in 5th uh, century bc cicero among him among these stoics was uh, he defined natural law or he defined true law he said natural law is true law and then he defined natural law as right reason in agreement with nature and uh, the stoic idea of justice was significantly influenced by aristotle aristotle's emphasis in his works on man's reason in the logic was the main influencing factor behind stoic philosophy the stoic philosophy of justice was in a sense influenced by aristotle's magnum opus logic stoic school was led by zeno and his followers zeno along with his followers identified god with nature and so they were also called pantheists according to them law could be conceived only with nature at the center so it was nature at the center and law was at the periphery or law was the strands uh pointing towards the center and the center was nature stoics advocated for unity of all the human beings and they believed that law prevails in human reason so it is human reason through which laws could be deciphered could be understood could be followed they also said that all human beings are equal they vouch for equality and thus they talked about uh, application of all the laws equally to every individual they propagated a cosmopolitan philosophy where the distinction between the roman city states would fade away and it would fade away into uniformity or fade away into oblivion this this said because of the disintegration of roman city states and the disintegration led to um, a march towards universalism towards cosmopolitanism and that was the time when jurists started making a move towards universalism and universalist approach to society to polity to law and they built their philosophy on the premise that natural law has universal validity and natural laws are not capable of being changed in any part of the world the stoic philosophy was oriented to one producing self sufficiency and two uh, individual well being stoics sought happiness throughout the wisdom to ascertain what can be controlled by human power and accept with dignity what lay beyond human control and this uh could very well be seen in the example uh, of uh, socrates death so the death of socrates uh, in particular the way uh, he uh, faced death with courage and serenity provided a very 
fertile illustration of one man's control of emotion in the face of certain extension and uh, as the famous roman epictetus argued that while one cannot escape death one can escape the dread of it so those things which cannot be escaped by the humans you can at least escape the fear of it you can take it with dignity you can accept it with dignity so what is beyond whatever is beyond human control it should as far as possible um accepted by humans with grace stoicism is not only a philosophy it's also an approach to life it's controlling the emotions and accepting both life's forces and face in an otherwise chaotic and unpredictable cosmos uh, stoics said that the universe is uh, the the uh, universe it may or may not be chaotic but the world is so human interactions the events of one's life uh what has happened and what will happen next what is happening happening presently all this is very chaotic but the universe is not chaotic so universe has some orderly arrangement or cosmos was an orderly arrangement where man and the cosmos behaved according to distinct principles of purpose but the implication of those principles in worldly affairs was chaotic so reason and law operated throughout the nature as per stoic philosophy and stoics reinterpreted the ideas of prevalence of many gods behind and influencing various events and happenings for example the failure of crops for example uh, forest fire for example the weather uh, disasters of planning um, any epidemic etc the term god was used to conceptualize a unified form of reason by stoics which controls and orders the structure of nature and thus it uh, determines the course of events in a chaotic world now um, stoics they uh, propagated uh, they 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 propagated cosmopolitanism and they built their um, theory on the premise of human reasoning and um, the nature also uh, they um, talked about uh, right reason and reason being at the reason or nature being at the center of the universe this was about the stoic philosophy now we would move to the roman contributions to the natural law school of jurisprudence and in order to understand the roman contributions uh, we have to uh, learn appreciating the positioning of natural law in ancient rome and this can be done only when we see that there are three parallel systems of law or three parallel concepts which were working simultaneously parallelly to each other um in the roman legal system and those three set of 
रूल्स और लॉ वर यूज सिविले यूज जेंटियम एंड यूज नेचुरली टॉकिंग अबाउट द फर्स्ट वन यूज सिविले एज द नेम सजेस्ट इट रेफर्स टू द बॉडी ऑफ सिविल लॉ ऑफ रोम एंड इट अप्लाइड टू द सिटीजन्स ऑफ रोम ओनली सो इट डिड नॉट अप्लाई टू द नॉन सिटीजन्स और द फॉरनर्स फॉर इंस्टेंस वेर एवर देर वॉज अ डिस्प्यूट वेर द पार्टीज वर रोमन्स देन यू सिविले वॉज अप्लाइड बाई द कोर्ट्स और बाय द जजेस टू अराइव एट अ सोल्यूशन now second is used gentium it is the law of people in general so it applied to non citizens or foreigners as well and when romans faced the problem of disputes where one of the parties was a non roman or a non citizen or a foreigner or both the parties were non citizens then they had to uh, come up with some other um, variation in use civile or with trimming of the uh, formalities or procedures of use civile and come up with another body of law existing parallel to use civile which was use gentium use gentium reflected the common principles and ideals which found, found in um, the legal systems of the world such principles which were common across all the legal systems were found in use gentium the third category is use naturally and it refers to natural law basically uh, in context of roman perspective it was understood in two sense first uh, it was uh, taken to be higher order of principles providing a parameter or providing a yardstick for the positive law which was made by men and the yardstick uh, validated a positive law made by the king a positive law which is uh, how how just it is or how unjust it is or measuring the justness of positive law made by men was to be done by some higher order of principles which was natural law and this we find in the work of cicero also because cicero was the first natural lawyer to contend for the striking down of positive laws which contravened natural law now uh, the second sense in which use naturally was seen by the jurists in rome and across rome and and beyond rome was Uh, in a reasonable proposition sense oriented towards the solution of a given case so whenever there was a dispute between two parties and use civile or use gentium could not do good or could not restore justice to the maximum possible manner then uh, resort uh, the judges or the courts could resort to use naturally this um sense of uh, use naturally being seen in uh, terms of reasonable proposition is more particular in comparison to the first sense which was higher principles or yardstick of measuring the justness of positive law now since we mentioned about the first sense and about cicero i uh, will discuss about cicero a little 
before discussing about cicero uh, i need to mention that in the thoughts of uh, greeks and sophists or stoics or in the thoughts of romans it's not very clear whether the standards were natural because they derived from human nature or they were natural because our human uh, because a natural human reason could lead us to them or they were natural because they were to be found in the physical world about us or it was because of the combination of all these three reasoning so this was a recurrent ambiguity that we find in the works of jurists from rome or greek in early times Uh, but the more pragmatic mind of the roman jurist was little interested in higher law and regarded it as more suitable for oratorical rhetoric uh, like the opening sentence of um, one of the think uh, the one of the thinkers work in uh, gas institute may be regarded in this light as can alpians what nature has taught all animals though the latter was taken at the face value by aquinas and uh, and it is uh, even near to contemporary polemics now uh, cicero uh, was very prominent of roman scholars whose work contributed to the idea of natural law uh, like stoic philosophers Cicero considered the faculty of reason being at the center of the universe or being the fulcrum of universe stoic identified true law or as natural law and he identified natural law as reason in conformity with nature so all that is perceived by human reason is law but that has to be the reason has to be in consonance or in conformity with the nature so all that is perceived by an erroneous human reason may not be um, may not be true law because it's not in conformity with nature so one has to understand the uh, idea of nature or the principles of nature and the universe or the divin- divinity and in conformity to those principles if human reason is applied then law can be deciphered or true law natural law could be understood cicero took natural law to be of uh, universal character it was present in all the legal systems of the world and he took it to be of immutable nature not susceptible to not susceptible to any mutation so it was immune from any change and it was common across all the countries so natural law is the one which is found at the base or the foundation of all the legal systems of the world it is a set of common principles which can be found in every legal system uh their applications might be different for instance a democracy would um interpret or would apply the principles of natural law differently and uh, uh an anarchy might apply differently a totalitarian government dictatorial government or 
monarchical government would apply differently so application would definitely be different as per the political social uh, structure of a country but the basis of it the basis of legal system would have the principles of natural law and they could not be changed one of the great thinkers of um jurisprudence has said that natural law is so immutable that it cannot be changed by the god himself cicero um saw natural law being beyond uh, confines of societies and countries uh, cicero also invested in law with the force of nature as designed by divine dispensation so the element of reason present in intelligent beings was the parameter for the justness of an act and therefore a faculty of reason in every man ensures that a sense of justice is inherent in human nature a natural law that is why could be said to present a yardstick to judge the validity of positive law and this is probably one of the reasons why have we have seen the revival of natural law in our um, last decade uh, this was all about stoicism the roman contribution to natural law school of jurisprudence a special mention to cicero's contribution to it um and we have come to the end of this episode in our next episode we would discuss about natural law school um uh, further and i hope you find this um, audio useful do let me know about your feedback in the comment section thank you so much